0: Hello, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whenever you're watching this, welcome. I'm grateful that uh, I can be here today to present uh, the first in our Easter series. Uh, I think it's really important in these times uh, that even though we're we're not able to celebrate Easter the way we typically would, um, that we really take time to dig into God's word and see uh, really reflect on what God did for us in in this time in this uh, as we celebrate Easter and so um, really excited to to bring the first message which we're going to talk about as the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem it's kind of the beginning of the end of Jesus's ministry on earth um, it's kind of the last week before he is crucified and then rises again. So there's a lot to dig into uh, through this week. And so I'm really excited to be able to kind of extend this message a little bit through our devotions that we've been doing uh, on weekdays. And so uh, we're gonna be starting today with uh, Palm Sunday and, and which is the triumphal entry. Uh, and then we'll, we'll kind of follow Jesus path, uh, all the way up until the garden. And then, uh, Sean's going to take over at that point, um, on Friday when he brings us our good Friday message. So, uh, something to look forward to. And, uh, I'm looking forward to really being able to dig in deep, uh, throughout this week and and really focus on the true meaning because obviously it's, uh, it's a different time. Um, but it's still that much more important for us to to really um dig deep into god's word and i think it gives us an opportunity to really see what the true meaning is with all of the extras um, that we might have had the family get togethers which are important and they're wonderful but without those extra things added we can really focus in on what the true meaning is and so i really my prayer is for you this this easter time that we, um, that we can really reflect on that. So um, I'm going to start off, we're going to look at um, Jesus coming into Jerusalem as king in Luke. And so we're at Luke chapter 19. And I just want to give you a little bit of background. It does say here after Jesus had said this, as we introduce uh, our um, story today. And so Just to give you a little bit of background, he had just finished telling a parable, and so now he's getting ready to proceed into Jerusalem. And if we had been following Luke all the way through from the beginning to the end, we'll have seen that there are multiple times throughout the book of Luke that he describes exactly um, that he describes that Jesus is coming to Jerusalem at some point, that he's on his way to Jerusalem. And if we go even back to chapter nine in Luke, that's where we first see that, that Jesus is, is heading towards Jerusalem. And so it's taken us uh, 10 chapters to get there. I'm not quite sure how long uh, a span, time span that was in, in uh, real time, but it was 10 chapters worth. And uh, so he's finally made his way so we, Luke's kind of dropped us hints along the way, just kind of show us something important is happening here in Jerusalem, right? So, um, you know, when, when I was teaching the upper elementary grades in grade four and five, you know, I'd be really pushing that, you know, when you see something mentioned several times in a book, you really have to notice that and figure out why, right? And so if we focus on that and see... Why is Luke telling that? Well, it's it's to kind of flag us to the fact that that's important, right? This is where an important aspect of Jesus' ministry, and in fact, the whole purpose of Jesus coming to uh, earth, everything else was for this purpose here in Jerusalem, right? So we can see that this is a very important time. And so um, so it says, after Jesus had said this, he went, on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? say, The Lord needs it. Now, this is Testament to uh, the the faith that his uh, servants or that his disciples had in him, right? Because I know if uh, somebody, like if my boss said, "Oh yeah, just go down to uh, the Lexus dealership and and uh, just I need a I need a Lexus for a little while. If you can just go get them, just tell them, you know, that I needed it. Uh, I don't think I'd be very willing to do that. So just you know to keep in mind. This is kind of a crazy thing in our minds that Jesus is asking asking these disciples to do. And I also wanted to focus in, too, on the fact that he's asking them to find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden. And there's kind of an importance about that. So the, the reason that goats were set aside, or that colts, sorry, not goats, that colts were set aside for... Uh, to not be ridden, was because they were used for spiritual sacrifices, right? They were considered very sacred, and you couldn't sacrifice a cult that was, had been ridden on. That would be kind of defiled, it wouldn't be allowed to, uh, it wouldn't have that sacrificial aspect to it, right? So in order to be completely reverent towards God, you had to sacrifice a cult that hadn't been ridden on, right? So that was, the rules as laid down um, through Moses in the book of Numbers. And so not only do you have them just getting a cult, right? But they're also getting a cult that is very valuable, right? And for the purposes, which are for Jesus to sit on it, it would completely defile this cult and make make its purpose completely useless, right? Because it was meant to be a sacrifice. Now, of course, we can also see that ultimately, it had a much more important role, right? But if we can look at it from, this, from the point of view of the, the people who have the colt in their shop, the cult keeper, you know, that person would be very reluctant to give that colt up, that colt is very important. To that person, so um, so, just keep that in mind as we go to our next scripture. And um, before I continue with Luke, I do want to go back because what we're seeing now is actually um, foretold in Zechariah, which is in the Old Testament. It was about five hundred years before this happened, and Zechariah says, "Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion! Shout, daughter Jerusalem!" See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And so here we're seeing a couple of things that don't make sense to the to the human mind again, right? So we see that we see that we have to, you know, it's t- saying to rejoice greatly, daughter Zion, shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, right? This is the king that's coming. And then we can also see that it's a king, righteous and victorious, but wait a second, lowly and riding on a donkey? Well, that just doesn't make sense in our human minds, right? But that is totally Jesus' framework, right? We can see that when we talk about Uh, the nativity and when Jesus was born in a stable, right? That's all an aspect of who Jesus is. He's the servant king, right? So of course he would come in a donkey, right? He wouldn't come on the knightly or the the kingly horse, the white horse that we might predict he should come in on, right? That's not his style. So this, this is very important to what God's plan is, right? We can see that God's plan is starting to take shape here, right? God has planned that there's going to be this donkey. And so we'll see what happens next as the disciples go. So those disciples, he says, those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? Right, like, why are you taking my Lexus? That's what I picture, right? That I'm going to the Lexus dealership and the dealership guy is going, hey, no, 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 you can't take my Lexus. I don't think so. That's worth a lot of money. They replied, the Lord needs it. So, next time, you know, when you're out and about, not, you know, once this virus is all over with, not until then, but try going to a Lexus dealership. Try going into the Lexus dealership and saying, um, "I need it because uh, the Lord needs it." See, see how they are? I bet they don't uh, go along with the plan as well as the the colt keeper here. So they replied, "The Lord needs it," and so they just took it, they brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colts, and put Jesus on it. So there's something else here that's important. So there's a couple things. First of all, it doesn't say that. That there was a response, but obviously the cult keeper must have been okay with it, right? Must have said, Oh, okay, you know, the Lord, the Lord needs it, then that's okay, right? We don't know exactly what happened, how it worked out, but the truth, the reality of it is that God had a plan, and He made that plan happen, right? By using this keeper of the colts, right? So They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. So here's another thing that we see. You know, a king, like in King David's time, they would have a saddle, right? A very, very kingly saddle, a very royal saddle. um, Probably made of gold or something, I don't know. But a very important saddle. And here they're just, Jesus is just using these coats that the disciples have. And again, it's a symbol of Jesus' uh, Jesus humility, Jesus as a humble king, but also it's a testament to the disciples giving of what they had, right? And so they gave the, the coat so that he could be comfortable. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. So this is kind of like that whole uh, red carpet idea, right? They're rolling out that red carpet, they didn't have red carpet back then, as far as I know. But they would they just laid their cloaks down to honor Jesus as he came in. And so we continue on with verse 37. It says, When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. And I just want to give you a little bit of background here. So miracles, Jesus had just performed his biggest miracle to date just recently, and that was to bring his friend Lazarus back from the dead. You can imagine that that was very astonishing and that the word uh, kind of went throughout the village, the villages and the, the areas around it, right? And so it was vital. Uh is vital for people to people really felt the need to follow Jesus and see what he was up to and celebrate him, right? They figured surely this must be the Son of God because who else would have done this thing, right? Who else would be able to bring Lazarus back from the death? And so they were very excited. They praised God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Right, So here we see them just praising God. We see this huge entry. I, I picture it as, as if it was a big parade. right? Um, when the Raptors won the NBA championships this year, they had a big parade that was exciting for everyone. Okay? this would have been like a huge parade that everyone was super excited about because they were welcoming their king that they had been long awaiting. And here comes this king, maybe not as they anticipated, but here he is coming on the back of a donkey. And then we get to a little bit of foreshadowing of what's to come, because it wasn't all praise wasn't all excitement. That was probably the overwhelming sense around, but there were also the Pharisees. And the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Tell them to stop. They can't be saying this crazy stuff. You're not the son of God. You can't let them say that. And then Jesus says, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. In other words, if I tell these guys to be quiet and I all of these people that are so excited about this right now, if they're all if they all just go quiet, God's plan is that He be celebrated for His purposes, right? Because that, that Jesus be recognized as the true king of the Jews, right? And so he was, he, he knew that he was to be recognized. And, and he said, look, if it's not these people here or those people over there, he said, those stones that are down on the ground there, those stones are going to cry out. Can you imagine The stones, the inanimate objects that are on the ground, all of a sudden choosing to get up off the ground and praise God. I can't imagine a stone taking my place because I'm not doing my part of the plan. Right? Here's another aspect of God's plan always working out. Right? God has a plan. His plan was. To, to send to have Jesus arrive on the back of a donkey, as as he as Zechariah foretold 500 years prior. And not only that, but that he would be celebrated. Right? And if the people weren't going to cooperate, then he had his own method, right? He was going to get the stones to cry out. All right. So think about that the next time you're you're um, concerned about singing God. God's praises, because if you don't, there might be a stone that'll take your place. And I don't want to be replaced by a stone. I don't know about you. So just to to finish up the scripture here, it says, As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, and here we start to get a little bit darker, right? Things start to head towards where we know they're headed on Friday. Okay, so he says, As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, He wept over it and said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls they will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. That sounds pretty bad, right? But this is all Jesus prophesying over what is to come based on the treatment that he was to get, which again was all part of God's plan. So as we kind of finish Uh, that scripture, and we've kind of finished that story, I just really want to emphasize in the midst of all of this, if there's one message that I kind of took away as I studied this, it was that God's plan will come to fruition, right? And so I want you this week to really dig into what God's plan is for your life. And if you're not sure what it is, I'd encourage you to pray about it. Send a message on, on Facebook to somebody you trust. You can even send it to the Facebook page and somebody will, uh, to the Harbour Facebook page, and somebody will be happy to pray with you through there. But I would really encourage you to really dig deep to in order to find out exactly what God has to say for you and what your what his plan for you is because ultimately you don't want to let the stones take your place right God will God will get his plan accomplished with or without you that's not that's neither here nor there but isn't it so much more awesome to be part of it isn't it so much more awesome to be a part of God's plan and not to be replaced by stones. Keep that in mind, right? Because we'll kind of continue to study this um, as we go over the next few days, but I really want you to be encouraged this Easter weekend that's coming, to be encouraged to really focus on the fact that God has a plan, and to learn what that plan is for your life because this is the time right you have I know some of you are essential workers and you're working still on a regular basis and uh, for that I, I thank you so much appreciate what you do but I know that a lot of us too are, are stuck at home right and I don't really think of it as being stuck at home it's we're given an opportunity to really focus on what God's plan is for us for the next little while, and so really take that time. I really want to encourage you to do that over the coming days, and you know, put a comment down below if you uh, if you have any revelations that you'd like to share with us. I'd love to be able to read them and, and see what God's doing in the life of the people here at the Harbor, because really we want to connect. And it's hard to connect. It's hard for me to give a sermon to a computer right now. Um, my cats are roam, roaming around, and I'm I'm preaching to them right now. But it's uh it's really it's really not optimal. But I'd really love that chance to connect with you through uh through Facebook as well. So feel free to just drop a drop a comment below as well. So thank you very much. Uh, and uh, I'm just gonna and in a a quick prayer. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to really dig into your word. We thank you that your plans are good and that you will accomplish your plans. And Lord God, I just pray that we would be a part of that plan, that we would be a part of that plan in whatever way it is you have for us. And Lord God, help each one of us to really be able to see what your plan is for us. We ask this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. So, I'll see, I'll see you again on Monday. And I'll be there starting at 2 o'clock with a devotional. And uh, we'll continue to, to see each other that way. And in the meantime, feel free to drop a comment below if you've got something to share. Have a great week and take care. God bless.